Welcome back to Confectioning on the Couch, a podcast where we host a weekly conversation about mental health topics through a Jewish lens. I'm Ash, and I use they, she pronouns, and I'm an eating disorder and trauma therapist specializing in the Jewish community and weight stigma. I have lived experience of an eating disorder and childhood trauma, and I do community advocacy work for the Jewish community and for fat positivity. And I'm Laura, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a mental health and suicide prevention advisor to high schools with a professional background in special education and equity work. My personal background is in fighting anti-Semitism, advocating for fat and body liberation, and eating disorder and addiction recovery through the lens of my personal experience. And let's roll the intro. today's episode, we will be talking about the Black Jewish experience and anti-Black racism in the Jewish community. We are thrilled to be joined by our guest today, Tyler Samuels, who you might know better as at Blunt Black Jew on social media. I believe he's on Instagram and Twitter at the very least, if not more, but he'll let us know. And we know that he'll be providing a ton of insight on the subject, and we can't wait to get him on ASAP. As a reminder, if we're speaking on something that resonates with you, please feel free to request to hop on the show with us. Content warning, this subject may lend itself to some triggering information, so please be cognizant of your well-being and take a break if you need to. As always, please remember that this podcast does not take the place of medical or mental health care from a clinician or provider. Reach out to professionals if you need support. So we are going to go ahead and introduce Tyler. Tyler Samuels is a Jew of Jamaican descent and the program coordinator for the Tel Aviv Institute. He is a 2022 fellow for the Union of Reform Judaism's Juvenation Jews of Color Leadership Fellowship. Tyler has been a vocal presence in Canada's Jewish community, speaking out against implicit anti-Semitism and racism from both sides of the political spectrum and within Jewish and non-Jewish world. His writing on race and Judaism has been featured in the Canadian Jewish News, Forward, and Tablet. Hi, Tyler. Oh. Hey. There you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good to hear your voice. It's been so long, I feel. I know you and Laura already spoke, but it's been a while for me. Ash was like, it's so good to hear your voice. I was like, we were trading voice notes last night. (laughs) 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 Trying to hear your voice. But yes, it's thank you for having me on your podcast. I of course. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a very good one. So Yes, Laura Laura prepped me. She she let me know. She's like, Tyler has been going through it this week, so Yeah. We've got yeah. to be like sure. I told Tyler that Tyler can talk about whatever he wants. And we will just listen. Well, okay, I guess where do I even begin? I yeah, could write. Totally up to you. <laughs> I think I could write a novel of like several series of novels about uh, my own experience within like racism within the Jewish community. And I know there are some Jews who will get upset by this and they'll say right. that, oh, how can you say there's racism? A Jew is a Jew is a Jew, blah, 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 blah. And I guess the first thing I would say is I have a very big problem when people say a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. 
because when people say that, they don't realize that it's just like someone saying they don't see color. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and when you say that, it means I don't I don't exist. My personal experience with racism within a community I I too belong to does not happen. And mm-hmm. I think it's a myth when people use this because they say, oh, the Torah doesn't see color. And they may be right. Is that true, though? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a little story with Miriam saying something very offensive to one of Moses' wives. Mm-hmm. And God mm. strikes her down with what we could consider leprosy for her very uh-huh. problematic racist remark. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Okay, <clears throat> it's funny, but it's true. Right, um, and so that means there's no racism in the community. Yeah, apparently, apparently, there's no color. There's there's no racism. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think with my life story, it's like uh, I hate to break it to you, folks, but there is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I remember my first racist incident. And it was basically me being harassed, being called mm. the N word, and mm. like, and it was by a bunch of Jews, right. fellow Jews. Mm-hmm. So, and that was one of my first experiences, not my first experience, but one of them. And I, throughout the years that have gone by, it's always been a struggle between dealing with anti-black racism within the Jewish community, and then dealing with racism and anti-Semitism. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could say that with discrimination from outside the broader world, world that doesn't really hurt me mm. as much. It really, I've developed a very thick skin to it. Sad sure. to say. No, you have to. But when it comes from other Jews, that's when it actually does hurt. Um, <laughs> like I remember one experience where I there was an organization who is very well known in North America, and they had made a very, I wouldn't say a problematic post, but they made a post talking about um, Juneteenth. And and I, I pointed out to them on their uh it was on Instagram and I said that Juneteenth has no relevancy to Canadians, especially to black Canadians. This is not our holiday. This holiday is for African Americans. Um mm-hmm. and there's two distinct communities. And I, I ended up saying if you had diversity within your leadership you Brain would have known. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me blunt black Jew for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got a reply and they said, oh, the head of the communications department wants to talk to you, wants to speak to you, and got an email from him. Very passive-aggressive. Extremely <clears throat> passive-aggressive and problematic. Um <laughs> I won't get into the details of it, 
but so diplomatic of you. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> don't want to burn bridges now. <laughs> but um, the gist of it was, you how dare I'm paraphrasing, but how dare you? Uh, attack our staff publicly mm-hmm. and how dare you criticize us publicly when this could have been a, pr- a private personal email. But the reality mm-hmm. is that's just another way to you know, moderate black voices, mm-hmm. moderate black anger, if you will. Yeah. And I, I've dealt with that with a lot of Jewish organizations over the years. Where if you, as a black person, as a black Jew, if you are critical of a direction that an organization is taking, you, you see the difference between non-black Jews working for that organization and black mm-hmm. Jews working for that organization. Where, mm-hmm. where it's almost as if these people don't realize what they're saying to us or realize what they're doing, but uh, for example, for me, at a previous job, my former boss basically said that he didn't like the tone of how I was speaking to him. And for me, Jamaicans are loud people. We're very loud people. We're very, we can sometimes be emotional people, but my tone is my tone. And it, it's tone mm-hmm. policing, racial well, micro. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying before about like how they, uh, he was saying like, or he, she, they, I don't know, um, were saying that, you know, it should have been an email. That's a form of tone policing, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I feel, I shouldn't say I feel, I know that mm. if there are black Jews, this is a, a huge problem. Uh, because I say this as someone who has had to deal with all sorts of person- personalities in the Jewish world, but if someone does a bad job within a Jewish organization, they may not be fired. They may they may get a warning. You never know. You never know the outcome. But for Black Jews and any other non-Jewish Black person, we know that if we screw up, we know we're going to get the brunt of it. And we've, we've had to work three times harder than any other Jew could possibly know because the expectation is our identities are always questioned, our intentions are always questioned. Um, there's no leeway for us. And... Like, I don't want to harp on my community, but I want them to recognize that uh, you, you can't demand things from the black community when you don't treat the black members of your own community correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that, that will be very tough medicine right. for people who are listening and will listen to this. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell a friend when I would talk about this, well, I wish I was Mary Poppins so I could give you a spoonful of sugar 
to swallow. <laughs> just take it down. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Right. But, and at the same time, it's, you know, literally not your job to make it digestible for people who find it hard to hear. Um, you know, there's something to be said about um, messaging that people can receive. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily like it's just not your job, um, you know, to make it palatable. Um, because what you're, you're, what you're experiencing isn't palatable. Like you've learned to take it in a certain way and that's not okay either. Um, that, you know, you've been put in that position. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not your job to dole out the sugar. Yeah. I, and it, it's a very hard concept to understand. Um, because there's always, a few people say, oh, why don't you educate people? You're too aggressive. You're too angry. Um, but like you said, it's not my job to sweeten the poison. Um, I shouldn't call it, say, poison, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but because, because it's Tyler and because it's us, someone's going to come and cancel him and be like, he said... After this episode, so oh for legal God. purposes, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, before we do move on too far, I, I just what you were saying there, Tyler, about like mm-hmm. you know having to work. You said three times as hard. I, I know the quote like twice as hard, right? Yeah. Um, but what it immediately brought my brain to was the Nick Cannon situation, which obviously Nick Cannon is not mm. a black Jew, but he is a black American. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said some stuff that is inaccurate and, you know, uh, supports tropes, anti-Semitic tropes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he like went with a, met with a fucking rabbi and educated himself and like fixed it. And still he's on everyone's shit list. And that's the problem that right. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, with Nick Cannon, he he did something very Jewish. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a very concept of Jewish forgiveness, yeah. Joshua. Yeah. He did mm-hmm. that. He 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 learned what he said was wrong. Right. He educated himself, like you said. He mm-hmm. went to a rabbi. Like he mm-hmm. he did everything to improve himself. And as far as I'm aware. He hasn't said anything that's problematic or anti-Semitic or anything. I don't think so. And if anything, oh. he he like publicly explained why he was wrong too. Yeah. And like was yeah, very and took a lot of shit for it. He was yeah. mm-hmm. like absolutely vilified for it. So um, just you know, very very um, interesting because you know it does go back to what you know Tyler just said about Teshua. Like it, <laughs> he did do something very Jewish and like. Yeah. For those of us recognizing it, we're like, okay, the canon's cool. Like, I like. And the other thing too is like he almost did like I guess what if some if a sort of like a non-black Jew were to describe what their um, you know idea of 
um, repair in that situation, what it were, were to look like. It probably is exactly what Nick Cannon did. Like it, he, mm-hmm. he did it to a T, yeah. right? He did the quote unquote right thing. And obviously we were just talking about how you don't have to do the, the right thing, the right way, big air quotes, um, you know, to be deserving of, of being listened to. Right. Mm-hmm. But even in this case where someone did do it, the quote unquote right way, he still got shit for it. And like, it just, it really kind of, drives home your point, Tyler, that it's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're really caught in this double bind. I would actually even go further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do it. There is, <laughs> <laughs> there is a very weird thing I've seen where black people, when they do something wrong, mm-hmm. there is honestly an extra sort of aggression aggressiveness yes. aggression mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. what they've done and this Absolutely. this full steam aggression as to why they're wrong and why they need to apologize why they need to be canceled why they need right. to be fired but then if, if someone white mm-hmm. says the exact same thing whether it's right. racist or sexist or anti-semitic or slap someone on a stage on national <laughs> live TV compared mm. to compared to someone who threw a chair and assaulted a woman in Hawaii who's also a famous mm-hmm. actor and who's white. Mm-hmm. There is a, a steep level of anger and I would say buffoonery. Mm. Double standards. And, yeah, it's a double standard. And, and, you know, people say, well, I'm not racist. I'm just holding people accountable. But when we look at Nick Cannon, mm-hmm. if he actually apologized, which he did, mm-hmm. he's done mm-hmm. all of this, and he, he's stuck to improving himself on learning about Jews and Judaism. As you mm-hmm. said, as you both said, why are people still coming after him? Why are people still attacking him? It's not like Whoopi Goldberg, even though that's another can of worms. Right. <laughs> we could go into that one for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is an interesting double standard. And if we even look at the Will Smith case, mm-hmm. you know, no one was Jewish within this incident. Yes, what Will Smith did was wrong. He slapped mm-hmm. someone. I can understand his anger, mm-hmm. but violence in that situation is wrong. But then when you look at uh, that actor, what's his name? Ezra. Well, let's see, I don't remember his last name. That, yeah, but, that is his first name, but I don't know what yeah. his last name is. Ezra, they, their name, Ezra yeah. something. They assaulted someone. They assaulted someone through a chair, but the anger that we saw with Will Smith did not translate to this actor. Or even just a reaction in general, right? Like, yes, 100%. There's, there's more anger, right? But I, yeah. it's even more just like no one even says anything. Exactly. Versus with the Will Smith thing. Everyone had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Ezra I, Miller. I just there we go. I'm so yes. <laughs> that is his name. I'm just yeah. like staring up at the ceiling and I'm like, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but no, that's exactly right. That the silence is right. really, yeah. I think, incredibly telling. Is that um, mm-hmm. you know, someone's rushing to condemn. Yeah, right. and we see this in the Jewish context. We see it. I see it all the time, um, and I also see the sad reality of when you even bring up the topic of, you know, yeah, as a black Jew, I face a lot of racism within this community. Either people say, well, that's not true. It didn't happen. Or they'll just ignore it. Or thirdly, they'll, of course, promote this, oh, we need to talk about this racism that's happening in our community, but it only stops at a discussion or a panel or a conference. But after Mm -hmm. that, no further steps are taken to improve the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's extremely, it's frustrating. It's very angry. Of course. Because I, when COVID started, started, so the year after 2020, there was a, online panel conversation here in Toronto that I was on and talking about racism in the Jewish community here. Uh, uh, what is it? Open listening dialogue session, whatever it was titled. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, and, you know, it was a good conversation. Uh, one of the panelists is my very close friend. Mm-hmm. And she's also a Jamaican Jew, um, and the three, the three, the three of us talked about it. It was widely praised. People throughout Toronto and even in Canada talked about this. These experiences are horrible, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. Um, like I, me personally, I cannot tell you, except one person that I know, uh, that is a diverse, diverse Jew that looks like me working in any Jewish leadership position in Canada. And if there, if there are, I don't know them because they're not promoted. They're not promoted from the community. And like, I remember I was invited to talk about Congressman John Lewis and his memory, his legacy. And I, I said, no, I, did, I declined because it's like, one, last time I checked, John Lewis is not Canadian. Mm-hmm. Number two, why are you talking about this civil rights icon when, for me, it feels like the community is is very segregated. Mm. So why why should I talk about his legacy when you guys cannot even commit to it mm. when it comes to diversity and leadership and even enacting policies for Jews, black Jews to feel comfortable within Jewish mm-hmm. spaces, mm-hmm. anti discrimination policies and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, I can't say there has been progress. Um, there's a great organization, No Silence on Race, 
it's a Jew, it's a Jewish Jews of Color organization here mm-hmm. in Canada. They're based here in Toronto, and they have put a lot of these organizations to task. And they they form they wrote a policy which says that commit to improving space for Jews of color, improve in terms of leadership, improve in terms of just making us feel welcome. And so their efforts, a lot of these Jewish organizations here have signed on to this pledge. I don't know if they've actually followed through with said pledge, but that's progress here, which is very... Uh, it's it's weird to me because when I look at the states and it's like, yeah, the United States there's a lot of racism, mm-hmm. but at least within the Jewish community there, it feels from my perspective they're trying at least, mm-hmm. but here it just feels like it's a very cold winter which will never end. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. Um, like I can go, I can go further into this, but um, mm-hmm. I I remember I was talking to another friend about this a year ago, and I told her that ultimately these organizations will say we need you to stand up for your community for Israel, for Zionism, for whatever. But when we talk about this very contentious issue for some reason, they disappear. And I've struggled. I've struggled with this feeling. I've struggled with this feeling of being unwanted by a community that I would fight to the death for. And I just get this general indifference. And I mentioned this I mention this case study all the time. So Drake, who is a Canadian and also a black Jew, he grew up in a very influential era of Toronto called Forest Hill with his grandparents. Drake faced a lot of racism from within the Jewish community that lives in Forest Hill. It's, it's a talked about issue. I have made this a aware to a lot of people. Have you ever seen Drake give an interview to a Jewish publication? There should if he did. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I've ever seen. (laughs) I feel like people would have been posting it everywhere. Yeah. There is not a single one. There are articles about him, of course, Mm -hmm. where they talk about, oh, Drake is Jewish. Look at Drake. Yada, yada, yada. But there's not a single interview he's given to a Jewish publication. And I wonder why. Right. I, I know why, but I wonder. I, when people are listening to this, I, I, I don't plead, but I want them to question that. Mm-hmm. Because yes, Drake obviously has mentioned and talked about his Judaism, especially in his music and his music videos especially on Saturday Night Live, that one episode. But because of whatever experiences he had growing up within the Jewish community, why is it 
the Jewish community have yet to even get an interview with this man. And, and if anything, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no. Yeah, no, I was going to say, if anything, I feel like the thing that, at least myself, right, because obviously we all see different things, but, yeah. you know, browsing through the internet, the only real thing I think I've seen with an intensity around Drake's Jewishness is his kid's Jufro, <laughs> his yeah. Afro, and, mm. and, and people talking about, you know, how light the kid is. And it, like, it, it's not really about affirming a black Jewish identity. It's like, oh my God, look at this kid with this hair who's Jewish, who looks super white and drinks his dad and drinks black. And, but it's like, it's not, it's not substantive. Exactly. Right. And it's rooted in racism, right? Colorism and racism. It's colorism, right. right. We're talking yeah. about, not we, obviously, but like these <laughs> things that you're seeing online are like, Right. You know, talking about like his whiteness in proximity right. to Jewishness, which I think right. takes us back to exactly what we're saying, you know, predominantly what, what Tyler is saying here is that like, you know, why is there um, such an, what often seems like a choice, you know, just yeah. not to, um, not to acknowledge black Jews it's hmm it's a strange issue um strange there yeah <laughs> I could I could but, <laughs> but anything stronger Tyler the diplomat yeah Tyler, Tyler, the not-so-blunt black Jewish. <laughs> it, it's so funny because that is your username, and yet I feel like yeah. so often you are censoring yourself, and I'm sure that that is something you have learned, unfortunately, to do over the years because otherwise people don't listen to you. Um, well, of course. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, there are things that people have said to me, um, especially on my social media, on my Twitter especially, where, you know, they're talking, I'm talking about Jamaican Jewish history, and I make a tweet, and there'll be some idiot who thinks that, okay, I'm going to start using patois with this Jamaican Jew, and and we're going to bond. And it's like, Mm -hmm. first of all, you just swore at me in patois, but you think it's a, a brotherly term. It's not. Mm-hmm. But you see, mm-hmm. I can't... Coming from me, I can't express my anger or my frustration because I'm then accused of being, oh, this angry black right. man who right. who can't control himself, who's yelling and mm-hmm. he's, he's so defensive. And, and it's, it's those microaggressions, mm-hmm. those key words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because whenever mm-hmm. someone says, oh, you're so defensive, I, I tell mm-hmm. them they'll stop making me come off defensive then, and we won't have a problem. Stop making me defend myself. Right. Yeah. Right. But, Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's definitely a self-censored mm-hmm. position that I've taken over the years. Um, I still try to be blunt, but... I've realized that there are people within the community that don't like that. They don't like in-your-face commentary, even though they enjoy it when Israelis do this. But 
That's a different conversation. I was about to say, <laughs> I would actually say some of the um, most well-known yes. people in online Jewish activism are yes. very in your face blunt. and very yes. and blunt. Um, and mm-hmm. they are also double not standard black. Right. Yeah. They are also yeah. not black and they are not necessarily Israeli, at least not right. the few that I'm thinking of. In yeah. particular, so like I just, I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> we're all, we're all, you know, we're no naming kids. names. Yeah. No I know who names. you're and talking I'm not about. I'm saying that there is a similarity between, um, you know, in yeah. the in the blunt delivery of yeah. facts and the impassioned delivery of opinion, um, mm-hmm. and some people are heralded for it. Mm-hmm. And some people, let's call it what it is, black people are not. So we're crucified you know, just, for it. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's not right. even just right. Thank you, because it's not even you know just not heralded. It's like, right. no, you are really taken to task over everything you say. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, it's and you know, we said at the at the beginning of the call that like you and I had been. Um, speaking recently and i'm just thinking of some of just some of the screenshots i have seen um (laughs) from people who show up in your dms from people who are subtweeting you um and also just conversations we've recently had about you know almost when it goes the other way and people are asking for your voice but the context in which they're asking for your voice and what's towing that line of tokenism or just blatantly yeah. is tokenism because you know at the end of the day it's like yeah going back to what you said earlier why were you asked to speak on john lewis when you're not american first of yeah. all um it's like well yeah it's because you're black mm-hmm. and it's like that's tokenism in its purest form yeah so it's just, it's just very interesting. <laughs> and it's one of the reasons why Laura and I were very adamant that, like, obviously we're happy to have you talk on this subject and want to hear your voice on this subject. And also, we want you to talk about, you know, anything you want to talk about because your your Black identity is not the most important thing about you. It's a very important thing about you. It's something we value about you or I value about you. I don't want to speak for Laura, but... Um, I also value it about you. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, but I didn't want to get... Um, but you know, obviously there's so much more to you just, and so, you know, it's not, I I think it's important to say that here. Right. And, and I I actually, I think maybe that's potentially a good pivot unless there's, um, and you know, words, unless there are knots that you want to tie. No. What is that phrase? Unless there are ends, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever cut (laughs) that you want to tie No, I've I've decided I like that it's knots that you want to tie. So I'm yes, going to use that moving okay. forward. It is loose ends that you want to tie up. Loose um, ends, thank yes. you. I just, I'm very much enjoying it. You just want to sit down. And I tried so hard. Uh, I, I love But it. no, I wanted to ask, you know, obviously we're talking about anti-blackness in the community, but of course mm-hmm. the podcast itself is about, you know, Jewish mental health, right? Yeah. And so... I want to know if, if you feel open to sharing, you know, how all of this has affected your mental health, how being a black Jew and being experiencing um, uh, anti-blackness from your community. I mean, you've alluded to it already that it's very painful, um, but just in that realm of like how it affects your mental health and, and what that looks like for you. 
Okay. Well, now we're, now we're really digging deep here. Yeah, into it. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Fetching on the Couch. <laughs> um, I, I am very open with my mental health and my struggles. Uh, I have bipolar disorder type 1. Um, and, you know, I've struggled with it for many, many years. I was diagnosed the second year of university after, uh, yeah, like a bad manic episode yeah, a manic that episode. I had. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I could say it's the, I wouldn't say it's the best of both worlds because after the ba- the mania ends and then right. the, the normal is okay and then the crash and then depression, like, it's exhausting. It is honestly exhausting. But right. when it comes uh, to this, to my little friend, racism that I get, yeah, it, it has affected it tremendously. Um, for it's now April, May. So a month ago, I had a very severe depression. Like it was mm-hmm. bad. And like I can blame it from coming off a manic episode, but it was also, you know, it's not normal to get very graphic graphic threats against yes. your life mm-hmm. all yes. the time. Mm-hmm. It's not normal when these messages say that we're going to slaughter your family, rape all the women in your family. Because I I talked about Israel in a tweet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not normal when I get subtweets and Instagram messages from, I guess, people who claim they're Jewish, saying the most vile, racist things mm. imaginable, saying, "Oh, you you dirty n word this and n word that and." Uh, someone even used a very racist, racist slur that's used in South Africa. So all these things will, of course, affect my mental health. And it did. Like There was April, I didn't really touch social media. Like I didn't post anything on Instagram at all because I just didn't want to deal with it. Twitter, I just pre-planned all my tweets and just didn't touch it. Like, I, I just left it because I did not want to deal with it. Um, and when I made a video and put it on Instagram talking about my mental health, mm-hmm. I think that was when it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And, like, the depression was really kicking my ass and I, I, I just... I went outside and I went hiking because there's a park mm-hmm. near my house or a wildlife preserve. And I was hiking and, you know, after I made that video, I cried. I cried. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't even say I cried. I sobbed because it's not easy being a black person on social media. It's especially traumatic when you're black and Jewish on social media. And then on top of that, you're a Zionist and you support Israel. <laughs> that's, that's like 
That's like a <laughs> nuclear explosion right. of racism right there. That that from that, all sides. Like from all yeah. sides. Yeah. Um and in that moment, uh like I like I was messaging people saying, you know, I just wanna quit. I just want to leave these mm-hmm. platforms because ultimately if this continues, knowing me and my triggers with my mental health and my mental mm-hmm. illness, it will lead to suicide. It will lead to that right. if the depression gets so bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to get out of here. I need to leave. And people are saying, oh, Tyler, you're so strong. Why don't let these people chase you off? But one, yes. Yes, I, I am strong. But why do black people always have to endure mm-hmm. this myth of the strong black man or the strong black women, woman mm-hmm. constantly fighting this good fight? Right. It's unrealistic. Right. right. And the, you know, added just what's perceived as strong is also mm, different. Yeah. Um, that, like, I think we're at a really interesting point in, um, like, American workplace culture right now, where a lot of places are encouraging the use of mental health days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's seen as, like, a sign of strength to, like, take care of yourself and, like, own your stuff and all of that. And then... It's just very, very interesting to me that the expectation of you is to persevere through it rather than take right. the time you need. Um, if that's what you decide, what you need. but mm-hmm. that the encouragement wasn't take time for you or take care of you. It was continue to produce content for me, stay put, you know, continue yeah. to do this for me. Yeah. Um, it's very inconsiderate. It's very, I've always taken great offense when people say that or because it's exactly as you said, it's, it's like my feelings matter too, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, I, I, I'm proudly Jewish, but you know, my mental health matters more. Well, your life mm-hmm. matters yeah. more. I mean, right. Like yeah. that, cause that's really what we're talking about here. Right. I mean, yeah. you were vulnerable enough to share that, you know, suicidality is a part of your story. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that is what we're talking about here. We're talking about your life, your literal, you know, breathing life. And mm-hmm. no amount of content is worth that. Without yeah. question. Uh, and I, I think when it even comes down to discussions of anti-Semitism, and the emotional and mental toll it takes, that discussion isn't really being talked about. Or that's how I feel. That's how I've seen it. Um, There's always, you know, these comments are disgusting and this person should be condemned for making such horrible anti-Semitic comments, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But But there's no conversation about how do we protect Mm -hmm. Jewish youth, especially, who are online, constantly dealing with this Mm -hmm. hatred, how do we, you know, have resources to help them cope? Because this, it is 
I would say, a potential mental health crisis because these people are online are vicious. They're only vicious over a keyboard, but but due to that, due to that freedom, they say the most horrible things imaginable mm-hmm. that you would probably never say to a human being face to face. And I guess in my position, unfortunately, I was already used to it because, you know, they said the same thing, but in a black context. Uh, so I guess for me, I, I was already prepared for it, which is horrible mm. to say, but it's the truth. But um, it's yeah. But I think there needs to be a real conversation and action how to, you know, deal with this on a mental health basis within the Jewish community. Um, mm. And that's a whole other conversation right there. Um, mm. But I... You're muffled. I'm muffled. Okay. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Love technology. <laughs> there you are. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> God, I hate technology. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I was going to say is that, you know, I think that's that's one of the reasons why we brought you on. And, and that's what the conversations we're trying to have here is, is about Jewish mental health and, and how these things affect us. And, you know, I, I hope that for anyone listening who has heard you speak, that, that they feel um, at least seen in, mm-hmm. in these experiences, you know, as, as traumatic mm-hmm. as they are and as awful as they are, they are very common. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's not something that you have to endure. And also, uh, I'm thinking of, of the, those Jewish youth, especially Jewish youth of color, who, who maybe are listening and, and who know that they're not alone in this, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I hope that a lot of them are listening um, because I've seen the outcome of how racism affects them within this community. They either, for God knows how, but they overcome it, but they're mentally scarred. Right. They leave the community altogether and become, especially if they're Orthodox, they go into off the derrick and they they just want to have nothing to do with Judaism, but they're still mentally mm-hmm. scarred. Right. And then the third option that I've recently seen some do is they they're mentally scarred, they won't admit it, but what they'll do is their Judaism is now more important of the two identities. And instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know, I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be Jewish. I'm black and Jewish. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they have to di- identify as a black mm-hmm. Jew, but probably because of the amount of racism they have faced, yeah. they will die and say, "I'm a Jew. A Jew is a Jew." But in, I think, as I mentioned earlier, with a Jew as a Jew. It sounds good on writing, but in practice, that rarely happens. Right. Rarely happens. Um, 
because being black in Jewish spaces, you'll always be the odd one out, regardless of whatever, whatever, what some non-black Jew says. But, oh, we have black Jews in our community that feel so comfortable. I'm sure they do in your deluded memory. But if I ask them, how do they feel? I'm pretty sure I'll get a different answer. Um, and you know, I would tell if there if there are black Jews, young black Jews who are listening, or Jews of color listening, um, I would tell them that separate the norms and the traditions of Judaism from those who practice it. Mm. And you know, some people might take this the wrong way, but I'll explain it before there's controversy within Jewish spaces. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never ruckus. <laughs> Never. Controversy in Jewish spaces? I'm lying. No. <laughs> I'll say that when you allow people who are racist towards you within this community to influence your Jewishness and you mm. say, you're, I'm abandoning this, I want to have nothing to do with it, you are giving them a victory. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't need them to validate you because you know who you are. You're a Jew, you're also black or whatever. You don't need these people to validate you or invalidate you. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that's easy. Because it's very hard. That's a very that's that's been a very hard concept for me, especially to learn and to embrace. But I've realized that I found peace with that. Um, I've I've accepted that you know there will be people in the Jewish community that will not accept me based only upon my skin color. And you know what, Judaism is beautiful within itself. The culture, culture, the religion, the nationhood. I belong to a nationhood of Jews that accept me as a Jew and I move on with my life. Um, and, you know, it's, like I said, it's hard because... It's very hard. Yes. Because you'll always have those people who will continue to try and, you know, make your day horrible. Make your mental health shit. But um, I've realized I, I, can't, I can't allow these people to break me. I refuse. I refuse people uh, who think that by them trying to deny my Jewishness, it has an effect on me. Even though it is, it's painful, I refuse to accept mm-hmm. that. Um, so I would tell any young Jew of color or black Jew, don't let people dictate who you are, especially if you use the term Jew of color, because for some Jews, that term is very problematic and it divides mm-hmm. Jews into races. But <laughs> I would say there are Jews who look like me and Jews who do not look like me. And at the end of the day, I and I alone get to determine how I identify, 
And if you have a problem with me identifying as a Jew of color or a black Jew, well, sweetheart, I'm, I'm sorry for you, but I really don't give a damn. Um, and, and we're now back to blunt black Jew. So there yeah. we go. So there we go. Full circle. Yeah. Well, with that, thank you so much for your time and for your words as expected. This was incredibly lovely. Um, and obviously people know to find you on at the blunt or is not the at blunt black Jew. No yes. Um, mm-hmm. On social. Um, <laughs> any other uh, information for the listeners if they want to uh, check out your stuff? Um, I I guess I would say I don't focus on a lot of ne- negativity. I don't really, you know, there are some Jewish activists that talk about anti-Semitism all the time. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I my background is history. I'm a historian, so my focus is really um, presenting Jewish history and peace and dialogue and cooperation. So that's my that's my what I do. Um, mm-hmm. So if people were expecting something else, I'm sorry to disappoint, <laughs> but that's what I do. So that's all mm. I, I'll say. But thank you for having me. Tom, you're amazing. Yeah, it was great. You were awesome. Thank you for spending this time with us. Well, thank you. It was fun. Yeah, and hopefully we'll have you on again. I mean, I'd I'd love to talk more about, you know, your experience with bipolar disorder and and all of that, if you're into it. Of course. I have nothing. I'm an open book, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, no, we will will definitely have you back on. Um, As long as you're up for it, we would truly love to have you. Great. All right. Well, thank you. Well, have a great day. Have a great night. (laughs) Yeah. You too, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was great. All right. So, thank you. Sorry, I I know you need to run. So, we're just gonna gonna get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on Kvetching on the Couch. Thank you again to Tyler. As a reminder, we use this space to talk about difficult subjects, and so it is of the utmost importance that you do at least one thing to take care of yourself today. We hope that this conversation was validating, enlightening, and interesting for those of you listening. In particular, you know, Tyler had some extremely powerful um, messages for young Black Jews, and we hope that this reaches them. Yes, very much so. Really, really incredible advice. And as Tyler said, really difficult advice, like difficult Absolutely. stuff to put into practice, but Absolutely. really important. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the Jewish perspective on sensuality and pleasure with Marley Liss. Very excited about that. Absolutely. And you can come fetch with us about that next Thursday, May 19th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as always, this episode recording will be posted on the Colin app and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts later this evening. You can keep up with me and Ash on social media. My handle is at the healing happy cook and you can find Ash at at badash therapy. All information will be provided in the comments section of this episode. Big thank you to January Sunshine for all the music provided in this episode, and the biggest of thank yous to those of you who joined us today. On the couch. Good night, everyone. Have a good night.